0: This is the Big Church Podcast. Well, last week, we covered what do you do when you want to quit? We learned that we've got to be honest, and we've got to get real with God. We learned that we have to be obedient. We just have to do what God says to do. we got to be watchful. We've got to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, and we have to be a worshiper because worship is our warfare, and it's what brings us to a place of breakthrough. Hey, if you missed last week, you can catch it on the podcast, Um, and today I want to preach a message called, You Need to Quit. Confusing. Jesus, we come to you today. God, we know the things that we need to do when we want to quit. But God, I know there are some things that we do need to quit in order to get to the breakthrough, to the promise, to the thing that you've called us to. God, that we want to honor you with everything that we have and everything that we are. So would you be with us today? Would you break down the walls around our mind? Would you break down the calluses around our heart and soften us to receive the things that you want us to do in Jesus' name? Would you all agree that there are some things in your our lives that we need to quit in order to get breakthrough? Do you keep going, oh my goodness, I've got to stop that. Oh, just me? Great. Okay. Um, well, I believe that there are things that we've got to stop. We've got to quit in order to get breakthrough so that our prayers are not hindered. Psalm sixty six eighteen 18 says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, if I've got some stuff there, the Lord will not hear. And you may be thinking, oh, I wish so-and-so wasn't at the lake this weekend. They need to hear this. No, 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 no. That is one of our biggest mistakes. We're constantly thinking, man, I wish they were here. They need to hear that. No, we need to hear it. And we need to examine our own selves. Do y'all remember the magnifying glass and the mirror message? Yeah. That. Hey, if you haven't heard that, you can catch that on the podcast too. But 1 Corinthians eleven thirty one 31 says, and I'm reading from the Amplified Version today, but if we evaluated and judged ourselves honestly, recognizing our shortcomings and correcting our behavior, we would not be judged We must become more self-aware and listen to what God is saying. Because can I tell you, the Holy Spirit is always speaking. He is always correcting. He is always teaching. He is always comforting. He is always listening. I'm just going to prepare you today. Today is going to be very uncomfortable. I hope you have your steel toe boots on. And can I just tell you that they told us when we were learning to be pastors that if you will just preach from a place of weakness, you'll never run out of material. And so today, we're going to go a little deeper. And I know that none of you want to get caught up in your comfort zones, Right? Because in our comfort zones, we don't grow. And today, we're going to grow, right? Okay. So let's look at some things that we need to quit according to Scripture. The text for today is taken from Proverbs. It's the wisdom book. So when you don't know what to do, just go to Proverbs and you can learn what to do. And so I'm going to be reading Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. And I'm reading the Passion Translation today. It says, these are six evils God truly hates. What? God hates? He doesn't hate people but he hates our actions sometimes. And a seventh that is an abomination to him. Verse 17 says, putting others down while considering yourself superior, spreading lies and rumors, spilling the blood of the innocent, plotting evil in your heart toward another, gloating over what's plainly wrong spouting lies in false testimony, and stirring up strife between friends. Another version says a a person who stirs up conflict in a community. Yet another version says sowing seeds of discord, and they are entirely despicable to God. So if God hates these things, we need look at them in our own lives and realize there are some things we need to quit. So number one, quit pride. I heard Jesus loud and clear this week, and I was talking to somebody um, before service, and they said, I, most sweet, humble person you'll ever meet, said, God showed me I was dealing with pride this week. And I'm like, whoa. Whoa. If she is, we all are. (laughs) But pride is a big problem. But did you know that Satan was once a beautiful angel in heaven before he became the devil? And it was pride and selfish ambition that got him thrown out of heaven. He wanted to be better than God. And actually, he was going around to the other angels and telling them that I will raise my throne above God. He became his own idol. The definition of idol is allowing something or someone to become more important than God. And sometimes We make ourselves an idol when our own agenda is more important than God's agenda. We come to church all churchy. We know how to lift our hands and and preach back to the preacher. And we know how to say hallelujah. And we know how to go through the the emotions. But we also come in here feeling like, you know what? Well, because I'm a Christian... I can call this other person out. And we begin to raise ourselves up higher than God, judging others. You see, being in his presence and pride cannot coexist. We come in here and we lay ourselves at the altar and we raise God up. If you're truly worshiping the Father, then by default, you're, wait, if you aren't truly worshiping the Father, then by default, you're worshiping something else. And most of the time, it's yourself. Wow. I'm preaching good today and y'all aren't talking back. Wow, I'm leading worship and y'all are standing there with your arms crossed. Wow, I made the best coffee and some of you didn't even take any. Wow, I am such a good teacher back in big kids and you aren't even bringing your kids back there. Wow. You see, when we, pride, we, are, we are prideful, we're... We think that we're better than everyone else. And we might brag a little bit too much on ourselves, our church, our kids, our money, our material possessions, our job. And maybe even our talents pride gives us this holier-than-thou mentality where we are so concerned about everyone else's sin that we can't see what we're dealing with we get our magnifying glass out and we start examining everybody else but you know Matthew 7 says in verse three, and why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help get that speck out of your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. Yeah, that's what Jesus says. Hypocrite. First get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Listen, I don't know about you, but I have enough to deal with dealing with me. And I bet you do too. But the Bible says pride goes before destruction and before a fall. Satan fell from heaven because of pride. And we can fall because we think that we're better than we truly are. I personally don't want to see myself fall. I don't want to see you fall. So we must love. In Matthew 22, Jesus replied in verse 37, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you're dealing with pride, you love yourself. So, God's second commandment is to love our neighbors the way that we're loving ourselves. See, love drops the magnifying glass. Love drops judgment. Love, dr- love brings unity. And love covers a multitude of sins. I don't care what you did last night. Jesus came to save you today. I don't care what you did last week. His grace covers you. Repeat after me. I, state your name, Mindy, am quitting pride. I, Mindy, am quitting pride. Number two, quit gossiping. Gossip has become. And addiction and even in the church world we think that it's okay but it is still sin sometimes when we gossip we don't even realize we're doing it and that's the scary thing so what is gossip it's when you're talking to someone about someone else and they can't even solve the problem Proverbs calls gossip plotting evil in your heart against someone. It is temp- typically something negative that you share uh, so that others will think differently of the person you're talking about. And gossip usually happens when you're jealous or you're insecure or you've been hurt. And listen, hurting People hurt people, period. When you get hurt, it's not intentional, but you just want to hurt somebody else after that. So don't get sucked into gossip. Quit speaking it and quit listening to it. Now, I'm going to give you some practical ways to quit it, okay? So the first one is, are you praying about not gossiping? Because you got to ask the Holy Spirit to convict you when you're dealing with it, okay? And then he will catch you in the middle of it. And then you have to go back to whether you're going to be obedient or whether you're going to continue doing you, boo. Um, Second thing is when someone is talking about someone to you, you stop it. Wait a minute. I don't want to hear that. Stop. The third thing is a lot of times I'll walk past people and they're and I'm giving all of us permission today to stop it right then, to step in and say, wait a minute, you're sowing seeds of discord and you're causing division. That person is not here to defend themselves. But when you do it, When we bring correction, we've got to be like Jesus. And Jesus brought correction in love. It's the goodness of God that draws men to repentance. So we've got to do it in love. Remember, don't hate me. We're growing today we're getting out of our comfort zones, we're becoming more self-aware, and we're examining ourselves. Now, before you even get to a point of gossip, there are some questions you need to ask yourself. What is my motive for sharing this? Hey, Trey. And then I go on to start to talk about somebody to Trey. What is my motive to talk to Trey? About someone else second question you need to ask yourself is is it true is it necessary is it kind and would I say this if that person was sitting right here Ephesians 429 says do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth only that which builds others up according to their needs So, that verse negates some of the reasons why we gossip. You know, I was in a friendship, and um, in this friendship, after a minute, after a few weeks, a couple months, I started to realize that every time I was around this friend, it was constantly tearing down other people. And the things that they were telling me, I had never witnessed with my own two eyes or heard with my own two ears. And um, later, I caught myself then believing the things this other person was saying about other people, especially my friends. And I'm like, uh That just feels weird. But then I just jumped right on the bandwagon. I was a part of the gossip. I was like, yeah, I could see that. Oh, yeah. But that is what it talks about in Proverbs about sowing seeds of discord. Because now I'm believing lies that I didn't believe before. And that's not cool. And you want to know the crazy thing about this friendship is the minute that I, would, I was deceived believing all these things, then they became friends with the person they were talking to me about. What? And then I realized that probably what ended up happening is then I became the topic. There's so much wisdom that we need to tap into when it comes to gossip. Gossip. God hates it because it causes division. Proverbs 12, 26 says, the righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. I love Eleanor Roosevelt, and I use this quote a lot. She said, great minds discuss ideas. Average minds discuss events, and small minds discuss people. Repeat after me. I, Mindy, am quitting gossip. I, come on, say it like you mean it. I, Mindy, am quitting gossip. Number three, amen. Quit trusting your feelings. Quit trusting your feelings. Feelings aren't factual. Stop putting so much weight on the way you feel. They're temporary. I can probably, one ninety nine point nine percent assure you, Jesus didn't feel like going to the cross. He didn't feel like being beat with the whip. He did not want to do that. As a matter of fact, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, Lord, if you can take this cup from me, and he sweat blood. He didn't feel like doing that, but he did it anyway because it was his Father's will. We cannot trust our emotions. Our feelings will tell us all kinds of lies. Our feelings may tell us that God has abandoned us, but his word says I'll never leave you or forsake you. Our feelings may tell us that God is mad at us, but he's madly in love with you. The Bible goes on to say that there is no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus. And feelings can get you in the middle of a big old mess and God's not in it at all. When you put too much weight on your feelings, it leads to entitlement. And you start saying, Well, I feel like I deserve this, and I feel like I deserve that. And then feelings will also say, Well, that person deserves this, or that person deserves that. Repeat after me. I, your name, am quitting trusting my feelings. I, Mindy i am quitting trusting my feelings quitting pride gossip and trusting our feelings is all about getting our mind right so let's quit watch this video
1: this is gonna make a lot of people sad and probably some happy but I can't worry about that now I quit fine Call me a quitter. I don't care. I just can't do this anymore. I've changed. You're not to blame. I'm just not the same person you knew before. So uh, not to be rude at all, but I'm done trying to live up to your expectations and down to them. Basically, I quit being bound to them. I quit following everyone's opinion of what's right for me. I quit holding myself back, living emotionally trapped and not being who I'd like to be. I quit being loyal to these negative thoughts that have never been useful. I quit letting the guilt of my past get in my path and deprive me of a beautiful future. Ah. I- I quit letting people who have proven it, they don't really care about me, get to me. I quit hanging out with friends who on most days I couldn't tell you if they're friends or enemies, draining my energy. I quit letting society's expectations and timetables pressure me, direct my destiny and stress me. I quit forgiving everyone else in the whole world except me. I quit wanting the cool kids to accept me. I quit not saying what's on my mind at important times, letting fear come near and suppress me. I quit being so emotionally tied to the likes and shares of people I barely know online. I quit self-doubt and self-sabotage. I quit being a screw-up and a gonna-doer. I quit sleepwalking through life instead of living my dreams. I quit waiting for ducks to line up instead of spreading my wings. I quit not giving 100%. I quit dimming my light so that others won't have to squint. I quit peer pressure and people-pleasing. I quit the prison of perfection. I quit the Fear of failure and the fear of success. I quit. Hesitation, desperation, expectations, devastations. I quit. I quit. I quit. I quit. And no, I don't have a two week notice, so please accept this as my letter of resignation. I know it seems sudden, but trust me, it has been a long time coming. But now, my time here's up. Oh, but don't worry. I'm grateful for the experience. And I have an amazing new life lined up. I quit. Go
0: ahead and stand. And if you are here today and you realize you have been trying to live this life and go through everything that you go through all on your own. And you've never made Jesus the Lord and Savior savior of your life, I know today he is wanting you to throw up your hands and say, I quit. You can have my whole life. I surrender it to you today. So if that's you, would you just lift your hands and say, I quit? Wow thank you jesus and and listen i want you to keep your hands up if you've never made jesus the lord and savior of your life if you've never accepted him if you're watching online and you decided to surrender your life to Jesus today, there is a link in the comments that we want you to follow. I'm so thankful for that person last week who said, you know what, I was about to quit and now I'm quitting on everything but you, Jesus. When you walked in here today, there was an index card on your chair. We want you to grab a pen, and when we begin to sing this last song, we want you to put on the card either one of the three things that I discussed today, or maybe God spoke something to you that you need to quit. And we want you to write that word on here, and when we sing, we're going to bring it to the altar, and this week our staff, and the pastors, we're going to agree that the very thing that you want to quit, that God is going to be faithful to help you walk that out. Would you just bring them up when the song begins?
1: We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church Podcast.